Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle. It is our finals edition, the first throughout the month of September. And of course, all episodes during finals will be released on Wednesday. So keep yourselves right up to date on our socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really do appreciate it. We've got a huge show coming your way, reviewing week one of the finals and also looking ahead to the semi-finals this weekend. We're also going to be chatting to Jack Sears of Peel Thunder. He had a sensational game on the weekend against Subiaco and also East Fremantle captain Matty Jupp ahead of the second semi-final at Fremantle Oval. My name is Paul Persick and alongside me is Mark Forey Foreman. Hello, Mark. What a first week of the finals we've had. G'day, Paul. Oh, how good. Oh. I mean... Yeah, lucky our tips don't count for much because yes. we're not going great. Nah, 0 from 2, our tipping is now deep in the toilet. Yeah, it's, um, look, if two upsets, I reckon. Um, and, you know, that, that was, I certainly did not see the uh, the East Perth result coming. So yeah. that's why we did, look, we did say that Claremont's performances had been weird. And, uh, well, that's almost even weirder because they've come and, Upset one of the yeah one of the high flying teams of the comp. Absolutely, of course, uh, Claremont. They just wanted it more in that uh, elimination final. We'll review that in just a little bit. Don't forget, both the semi finals this weekend are live, free, and in full on the AFL app. Saturday, the second semi final, and then Sunday, the sudden death first semi final. This is around the waffle, the official podcast of the WAFL. Now, just before we chat to Jack Sears, news this week for you. You were at the John Worsfold medal recently, and there is going to be some changes that are going to aid the West Coast Eagles' competitiveness in the WAFL next season after winning their third straight wooden spoon. Can you tell us a little more about it? Yeah, well, this was big news for the for the WAFL, and, the, you know, people have spoken about the credibility, you know, what West Coast Waffle side have done to the credibility of the competition, etc. And we know why, you know, they've been absolutely riddled with injury, but um, the WAFC was, has announced, uh, I suppose, some loosening of restrictions on their salary cap. So, um, well, there wasn't really a salary cap. Previously, West Coast uh, has been able to play, sorry, pay four players, $500 a game, one player, 400 and the remaining 350. Yeah. They've now scrapped that. So West Coast will be granted 60% of other teams' total salary cap. Okay. So that is 60% of $245,000, which, you know, some people will say, oh, why aren't they getting the same as other clubs? I think the concept there is the fact that they've got a lot of AFL-listed players and they, the idea is that when not playing AFL, they will be playing Waffle. But we saw what happened with West Coast this year when they were decimated by injuries. So um, when those players aren't available... You know, West Coast can now attract. The, the idea is to attract higher talented players, and they're allowed to distribute that sixty percent of the two forty five k, however they like. So that was probably the biggest change. They'll also receive five extra player ranking points, taking the tally from sixty five to seventy. And then thirdly, it's um, an alteration to player retention. So if a player is drafted to West Coast and then is delisted from the AFL side, they will remain with West Coast. Whereas we've seen players like... Take Hamish Brayshaw, really good example. Yeah. Um, so as an AFL-listed player, he, he then left the system and was attracted by East Perth. Now, we know how impressive Hamish Brayshaw is as a, a player and a person. Um, you know, if he was to remain at West Coast, that, that would have helped them enormously. He's one of the best players in the competition. Have, yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, the, they're the, the really big changes this week, which I, I think is really positive. And West Coast have been 
pleading with the WAFC for a couple of years for this to happen. That so. is huge news uh, from the West Coast Eagles. Will yep. that make them more competitive in 2024? Only time will tell. And just quickly, you, obviously Rob Wiley will will depart as well as the uh, senior coach. So uh, big changes for the West Coast Waffle System. Certainly will be a new coach for the Eagles next year. Just a reminder, before we do chat to Jack Sears, all semifinals are live free and in full on the AFL app this weekend. You're with Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. All right, one of the stars of week one of the finals came yeah. from Peel Thunder. And when his side was down at halftime, he lifted them back up and got them home by 10 points over Subiaco in the qualifying final. Kicked a handy four goals on Saturday in very difficult conditions. He's Jack Sears, and he joins us on Around the Waffle. Jack, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Cheers for having me. Thanks uh, for coming on the show today. Congrats on the win. It was a very tough one, it has to be said, in trying conditions over there at Leaderville Oval, but that was a huge second half by your side. Yeah, it was a great win for the boys. Um, gives us a lot of confidence for the rest of the final series. Um, as you said, it was a pretty tough game in tough conditions, obviously being down by 28, 29 points at halftime and coming back and getting the win was yeah good by the boys. But yeah, win played a factor in a lot of the game and it was just yeah, good that we picked up a few things at halftime to get the win. Hey, Jack, Mark Foreman here. Um, as you mentioned, you were the best part of five goals down at halftime. What was the message? Um, the main message was um, fixing contest work up. Um, we're getting smashed inside with the contested ball, ground ball gets, clearances, um, our tackle pressure. We're getting smashed even though we're second of the ball most of the time. So that was the main message. Um, also playing more to the conditions, obviously – wasn't a great day, and I think our kick to handball ratio was almost or just under one to one, which yeah, isn't great for the conditions. So that were probably the two main messages that we had to fix up, and yeah, I think we did that after half time. Now, what about the balance between the local players and the Dockers players? A lot of people were saying that you know there was a majority of Dockers players in those back to back premierships. Would it would it be fair to say that this year the team has got the balance absolutely spot on between Peel and local players? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the balance in the team right now is really good. Um, you cannot, like, I think it's 11 and 11 we had on the weekend, but if you add Nathan Wilson, who is also a pure local, you can always say there's 12 pure local players playing out there. Um, so, yeah, it's a great balance in the team at the moment, but either way, there's 22 players putting a pure jersey on each weekend, and our main goal as a team out there is to go out and get the win. Well, talking about those Dockers guys, uh, Jack, some of the uh, some of the Fremantle boys were actually there in the crowd getting around the team. That must have given you a lift. Yeah, no, nah, it's definitely good to see those boys come down and yeah, watch us try and get a win. Um, obviously, the atmosphere at the game was probably one of the best I've seen for Peel supporters this year, whether that was just Peel supporters getting around behind the goals or in the stands, the Freo boys, the Peel players that weren't playing. Um, just everyone there getting support, supporting us, trying to get the win was um yeah, it was good to see. So Did those yeah, uh happy. did those Frio boys get a bit rowdy, Jack? <laughs> um yeah, I could see a few of them in the change room getting pretty rowdy and yeah, after so um oh, good. yeah. Yeah, I think their season's done, so they might as well have a couple of drinks. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic stuff. And that just you know gives a boost to the team, especially now that you've got one win before you can play in the grand final. Of course, second semi-final coming up, Jack, against East Fremantle at Fremantle Oval. The long trip once again from Mandurah all the way to the Port City. How do you fancy your chances against an East Fremantle side who have been at the head of the competition? Yeah, um, a lot of respect for East Fremantle and what they've done this year. They've probably been the best side, or obviously being minor premiers. Um, They've been the best side for the majority of the season. So, like, 
we know they're going to be a really good side and going to be hard to beat, especially up in Ferro. Um, but we still fancy ourselves. Um, we're pretty confident we can play our way in any condition, especially after the weekend. So um, we're just going to go up there, play our brand of footy, and, yeah, it'd be good to get this what um, a cracker. win and go straight through. What a cracker. That one's certainly going to be the second semi-final on Saturday. Jack, thank you so much for your time. Congrats on your performance at Leaderville Oval. Go get them at Frio this Saturday. Cheers. Cheers for having me. Jack Sears from the Peel Thunder Football Club. Mark, he's, uh, he was uh, sensational in that second half with the uh, four handy goals, but uh, he, he made such a good point. That that balance between Peel and local players, and to add what Brady Gray said earlier in the season, it just has that boost of unity between the sides. Yeah, and like you mentioned, we've, we've spoken about this a few times where it's so important to have, you know, that that's a difficult... Like the alignment concept is, you know, can be difficult. So to, to strike the right balance is really important and it seems that they've got it. So it was really great to hear from Jack. And, uh, you know, I think a really positive thing that you can take out of that is how, how much support the Fremantle guys yeah. gave them. You know, they went down there and, uh, you know, made a ruckus of themselves, or obviously <laughs> all in a good way. And, um, you know, really got behind the team. And, and I have absolutely no doubt that that, that really helped them. Well, I expect a, a few more Dockers uh, numbers or even even greater to uh, turn up at Fremantle Oval on Saturday yeah. for that second semi-final. Of course, Peel looking for their first grand final since 2017 when they won the second of their back-to-back premierships. Now, both semi-finals are live, free and in full on the AFL app. Fremantle Oval on Saturday and, of course, leadable for the sudden death semi on Sunday. This is Around the Waffle. You're with Paul Percy and Mark Foreman. Let's get to the games for a week one of the finals. Trying conditions at Leaderville Oval for the qualifying final between Subiaco and Peel Thunder. Subiaco, five goals up during the early stage of the third quarter. Mm. You would safe to say they were home and host. I mean, they were playing some terrific football all throughout. They were getting the better of Peel in wet conditions, but that halftime message from Jeff Valentine must have sparked the Peel players on, especially with the likes of Sears, Brady Gray, and Blair Bell, who had undoubtedly one of his best games uh, in finals. Yep. Um, so being five goals down in a final is incredibly daunting. Like, goals in finals, uh, hard, they're just harder to come by. Yeah. And so to be five goals down at halftime, you know, is almost against a really quality team as well in Subiaco is, um, you know, pretty pretty daunting, pretty intimidating. But you, you heard, well, we heard just a short time ago from Jack Sears who said it was the contested ball and, and that is finals footy. That's right. Um, if you're not winning the contested ball, you know, obviously in any game, but finals in particular, you, you, you're not going to win the game. So uh, clearly... They needed a rev up, and I think that's I think that's all it is. It's probably a bit of a, a mental sort of thing in finals. If you're not winning contested ball, it's probably more so mental, and uh, that's what they got at halftime. And didn't they come out of the block six goals six goals to none in the third quarter? Sensational. Um, yeah, it was just incredible. So, Certainly was. Of course, as we said, Sears delivering with four straight goals. Riley Smith and Liam Reedy sharing ruck duties against Zach Clark. Now, Zach Clark got 47 hitouts for Subiaco. Combine that with Smith and also Liam Reedy, they were able to get 47 hitouts as well, so they were able to equal Zach Clark's impact, maybe a little bit more so in the second half. That was a battle that we were always going to look at as a key battle. And I have to say, both the Peel uh, rucks, Reedy and Smith, they got the better of Clark in that second half. Yeah, I reckon they, they probably did. And what we spoke about in, in our preview of this match was, whether we, we know he's going to win hitouts, but whether or not they can nullify his uh, effect at ground level. And, you know, keeping him to 12 touches, that, that's probably one of his lower counts this year. In fact, yeah. that's definitely one of his lower counts this year. So um, I, I think you're right. They've, they've, uh, they've probably taken that battle, which went a long way to taking the win. 
Subiaco, of course, having to face Claremont in the first semi-final next Sunday as we go to Claremont for that elimination final. Uh, by the way, of course, Peel winning 12-12-84 uh, to 10-14-74. Claremont, of course, they'll face Subiaco next, uh, this coming Sunday in the first semi-final after they outclassed East Perth in that elimination final, 11-6 to 9-6. You know, there were a lot of fans out there. I was out, out there at Leaderville Oval on that Sunday that, you know, they weren't happy about no, some of the free kicks, has to be said. But I'm going to put them to bed here. Claremont just wanted it more. Ooh. Some of them were there. They put their heads over the football, and they, and they just played the better physical contested football. That is the bottom line. I mean, they had, yeah, they had 13 more free kicks. So what? They got the better <laughs> of East Perth in every department, especially when the game was pretty much still in the balance in that fourth quarter. And you had guys like Curtin, who's been sensational since uh, coming into the league side. Bolton, a great finals player. And Oliver Eastland dominating in the ruck. Claremont, they were just more hungry. They showed more desire. And the loss for East Perth on the other side of the coin, that will be a handy finals lesson for them next year. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they don't see it that way now. They'll be, um, you know, they'll be absolutely shattered with that. We uh, got to speak to Hamish Brayshaw on a, a program that, that I work for on, on the Friday night. And they, they were really, you know, ready and gunning for that and ready to launch an assault, you know, not just on, on Claremont, but on, on the whole final series. So I think this has taken everybody by surprise yeah. Uh, and it, yeah certainly disappointing it was you know reasonably tough conditions and and uh, you know we've got some low numbers for our top ball winners so it was um, just a hard fought contested game but like you said and like we spoke about Claremont brought that really that real aggression we haven't seen that for about six weeks before that elimination yeah. final Claremont they were very confusing in the, the last six <laughs> rounds they got two big wins at home but you know those four straight losses could have had all that hard work come to nothing. But that was the hard, intense Claremont that not just me, not just you, but everyone around the Waffle world wanted to see. Hard-nosed, intense approach to football. We got that on Sunday. Yeah, and and look, you said they had two big wins after those four losses. That, that, they were against, sorry, they were against teams which they should have beaten. Mm. Um, so, you know, we, were still didn't, we still didn't really know where Claremont was, but those four losses leading in, you know, they were top of the table. Mm. It was... Um, yeah, they were they were well, they were pretty much flying, and then then they weren't. So uh, this is why Claremont was always dangerous because we know Claremont at their best can be an incredibly damaging team and a team you don't want to come up against. And um, you know, East Perth, uh, although they finished uh, f- fifth. Uh, fifth, pardon me. Um, sorry, no, East Perth. East Perth finished fourth, yeah, but of although, course, with that loss. Yeah, although East Perth finished fourth, they were still one of the best teams, they were. I think, in the comp. So this this win from Claremont is uh, such a confidence booster and, you know, could do wonders for their, their finals campaign. Absolutely. You're having to uh, go through the grand final the hard way, but I'll tell you what, if they can get three wins and go to the big dance, yeah. it is certainly well-deserved in their mission for redemption. Big exactly win right. for Claremont, 12 points to the margin. It was the finals race, now down to four. We're going to have a chat with Matty Jupp, the East Fremantle captain, a little bit later on in the show, but just a reminder, both the semifinals this weekend are live free and in full on the AFL app. You do not want to miss it. It is an absolute cracker of a weekend. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Let's go now to those semi-finals. We have got absolute barnstormer of a weekend of football, Mark, coming up. Second semi-final. I'm going to be on the call for this one for the AFL app. But before we preview those games, the second semi-final and the first semi-final, we have got the captain of the East Fremantle Football Club. We can't wait to have him on, Matty Juppie. He joins us here on Around the Waffle. Juppie, hello, mate. Uh, good to have you on the show. 
G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Going, uh, that's a pleasure to have you on, Juppy, the East Fremantle captain. Now, you're fresh after a week off, finishing on top of the ladder, and now your side gets to take over Fremantle Oval. Huge day it is for the club. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's sort of sitting there biding your time um, on the week off and watching eagerly the other two games that um, that went along on the weekend. And, yeah, we, we're super pumped to get into Peel on the, um, on the Saturday at our new home ground, South Fremantle Oval. Uh, Matt, Mark Foreman here. Nice to chat with you again. Um, it's obviously been a, a pretty tough week. Uh, how have, you know, particularly with the off-field news, how's the club sort of handled that and how, how are the guys feeling? Yeah, look, it's it's a funny one. It, obviously, the news come comes as a shock to to the players and the um and the guys around the club. So, look, initially it was a, a little bit of a of a shock and a, a little bit upsetting to hear. But to, to be fair, mate, it's um it's completely out of the players' control. There's there's really nothing we can do to influence what's happened or influence what's going to happen. So, I think um what I have been quite pleased with is. Is how quickly the players have, have moved on. I mean, we, we've got a job to do this year. That, that's sort of stuff that we can't really control at all. And our year's been riddled with things out of our control in terms of training venues and um, and the like. And look, it's just something that we that we'll deal with. Um, we've spoken about it internally. We've addressed it. And yeah, I think the players will be fine. It's, it certainly won't affect us come Saturday. Matt, just on that, when when were you told, and how were you told? Um, well, we, we, we found out like most people through, um, through the, the news that sort of released on, on Saturday, obviously, um, that the club was dealing with it, uh, with the waffle, um, leading into, into the, you know, for a a period of time. So we, we, we were uh, sort of a bolt out of the blue and found out sort of pretty, pretty early on, on the Saturday. And then we addressed it at the club. Um, we sort of came in as a playing group and the, the leaders of the club, you know, the president addressed us and, and Bill addressed us as well. And um, look, like I said, it's out of our control. We can um, we can sit here and, and ruminate on it, but it's really not going to change or affect anything. So, really, really impressed with the way the players have dealt with it. To be to be fair, guys, um, yeah, awesome. Uh, they're pretty happy to to move on and focus on on what is going to be a, a series of big finals campaign for us. Absolutely. Very important business to uh, take care of on the field over at Fremantle Oval. What was uh, the big strengths out of Peel Thunder that uh, that you saw from their qualifying final win over Subiaco? Of course, they got a very good balanced side between uh, the Dockers and the local players. Who do you think is going to be those ones to really look out for come Saturday? Oh, look. You look no further than um, than their captain, Benny Hancock. He's a, a super, super footballer at this level. Um, I know Blair Bell went in. Um, he goes inside the midfield, and, and, and he's a really dangerous player. Then you've um, the leader with talent across the field. Nathan Wilson's extremely exciting off half-back. Um, Will Brody's a, an A-grade midfielder at this level, and um, and they've got a really solid, solid forward line. They've got a few different looks with... With young Jack Sears on the weekend, bobbing up and kicking four. So yeah, I think they're 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 very balanced, like you said, Paul, and um, they're going to present different challenges. I think part of the charm of this year is every team has got different strengths, and every team plays a little bit differently. So it's really exciting coming up against um, up against Peel that they pose a different threat than Subi did, which was our last opponent a few weeks ago. So uh, we'll get to work on on Peel this week and. Um, yeah, we're just we're super pumped to get out there. It's um, you sit there twiddling your thumbs a little bit over the um over the bye week, so we're um we're raring to go. It is a big day, no doubt about that. Now I'm going to pose the question to you in regards to two players, Milan Murdoch and Jonathan Marsh. Will they play on Saturday? 
questions. Yeah, well, Jono was a really late out against Subi, so um, like he was close to playing. Um, and, and look, an extra week off, uh, two weeks down the track, I guess. You know, he's been training with us. He, he'll put his hand up for selection, and, and Milan as well. He played reserves and got through that game unscathed mm. against Subi. So he, he's another one that that will put his hand up for selection. I dare say both of those guys will be in the lineup this weekend. Hey Matt, it's uh, obviously been a while for for East Fremantle at the you know winning a premiership. But what about yourself and and grand final experience through your junior days? Have you have you ever won one? Yeah, I was pretty lucky through my junior days. Okay. Um, I was part of the, the mighty South Perth Stingrays, and um, <laughs> we won three or four premierships in, in that era. So um, have have tasted premiership success at the junior level, and and it's, it's probably not quite the same as, as winning no. it at senior level, but. Certainly, um, you know, they're great days and, and fond memories. You know, won premierships with guys like Fraser McInnes and um, Blaine Bocourse, who I'm playing with at uh, East Romano at the moment as well. He was part of um, premiership success with me down at the, the Stingray. So, yeah, look, it's um, oh, more prelude into hopefully what's to come for us. You know, we're, um, we're excited about what we can achieve this season and, and it, it starts, um, it really does start on Saturday. So, was, Matt, was your, last, was your last premiership in junior days? Yeah, so I was um, lucky enough in in Colts um, to play a Colts in a Colts grand final the year that um, East Fremantle made all three grades in 2012. Unfortunately, we lost all three grades that day. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, I've been obviously playing senior footy since then. And um, East Fremantle, I played in a preliminary final in 2014. And then obviously last year we, we played in the qualifying and the, the second semi and the, and the prelim as well. So oh, wow. I've, I've had some finals experience, but um, obviously no no real success as of yet. So um, really excited to see what we can do this year. More premiership success could be only a couple of wins away, Juppy. Thanks for your time. All the very best in that second semi final on Saturday. Thanks, gents, and um, keep up the good work. Thanks, Matty. Thanks, Matthew Matty. Jupp from East Fremantle, the captain of the Sharks. And I tell you what, he and his side are in for a huge day over there at Fremantle Global. Second semi-final. Yeah. Can't wait for it. We're <laughs> going to preview those games right now here on Around the Waffle. East Fremantle Peel Thunder, Saturday at uh, Fremantle Oval, live on the AFL app. Both these sides have had great meetings in their last two encounters. Four points Peel's way in Mandra, 19 points East Fremantle's way in Geraldton. And go back last year, round 10, only 11 points in East Fremantle's favour at the Wacker. So the last three meetings between the two sides have been absolute beauties. I reckon we're going to see another classic in the making. Oh, yeah, I can't see it being any other way. And, um, you know, that's it's awesome for these some of these East Fremantle players who, like you heard then, you know, they haven't tasted you know, senior success. And some of these guys wouldn't have, you know, not everyone's as lucky as, as Juffy to taste uh, junior premiership su- success. So some of them may not have even had an opportunity like this. So uh, they will be, you know, champing at the bit to, to get out there. And we know that Peel carry a formidable uh, threat. So uh, this is shaping up to be, yeah, I mean, exactly what we want from a from a semi-final. And it's going to be a hard contested game. I think Peel, they were able to get the better of Subiaco through contested football. East Fremantle, if they can really bolster their physical pressure around the contest, that's what could go a long way to winning this game. Yeah, and so we mentioned it with uh, the, the Claremont game that, that's just been, and uh, finals footy, contested footy, oh, and, yeah. and who can stand up. So it's sort of w- winning the ball and using it well is how you win finals. And, and in conditions that are going to be very similar as well, there's going to be Exactly. Rain and a chance of thunderstorms as well over at Fremantle Oval. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, I hadn't looked ahead to the forecast just yet. So that's 
Oh, look, it's kind of frustrating. Uh, you know, I want to see, you'd love to see some of that fine weather that we've had seemingly during the weeks in Perth over the last <laughs> couple of weeks, but just not on the weekends. So, um, you know, that's all right because, yeah, it, it just makes that contested ball, you know, all the more important. But hopefully we can get some clear weather in the, you know, for prelim final weekend and, and into grand final. But uh, I certainly will be, be watching this one, really looking forward to, to seeing what happens. Who wins? <laughs> oh, not this again. Um, look, we've we've had a chat about the the mental effect of footy a lot this year, um, and I, you know, Matt Jupp spoke really well then did, at, yeah. about what's happened off the field. But there is part of me that that thinks that, I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of pressure is being piled on East Fremantle now um, in the media about what's happened, and I just have a feeling that that perhaps will affect something in a way. Um, take nothing away from what Maddie said. Um, and that it's amazing that they've addressed it and sort of moved on. But I, I just, I, you know, I'm interested to see and, uh, you know, what comes of that. So not purely because of that, but Peel looked really good on the weekend. I'm, I'm going to pick Peel. You're going to go for Peel yeah, Thunder? Yeah, I am going to pick Peel Thunder. Yeah. Cool. I'm going the other way. I'm going to say he's from Adel. Yeah, well, you, you're a little biased, aren't you, Paul? <laughs> oh, well, no, I, I will admit, <laughs> I've had a bit of a soft spot for East from Adel over the last two years. I love their brand of football and their rise up the yeah. ladder, especially with some great players and under their uh, coach, Billy Monaghan. You know, he knows about finals experience and premiership success as a coach. And if he does it again and gets uh, a premiership this year, he'll be uh, the talk of the town. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so, but I'm going to go East from Adelaide. Even if there is wet weather forecast, they've got some very good contested players that I can reckon can match Peel Thunder in those tricky conditions. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, they're top of the ladder for a reason. I'm just, you know, I'm interested to see what comes out of this. I'm a, a little bit frustrated to hear that they have perhaps bent the rules a little bit. If that's what the finding suggests, um, that is really disappointing. However, we'll, we'll go, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And, um, you know, they have finished top and, um, you know, des- with their performances, deservedly so. But we'll see what comes of, of this investigation. And, and they've just, yep, like they said, they've got a job to do in front of them. Yep. It's September. Like Matt said, there is nothing those players can do about it right now. All they can do is what's put in front of them. So uh, they, they will be, they'll be good. We know that, but uh, I guess I'm picking Peel to be slightly better. You've gone with Peel. I've gone with East from Mandel. Let us know, fans, who you think is going to win that semifinal on Saturday. Now we go to Sunday, and this one's live on Channel 7 as well. The sudden death first semifinal between Subiaco and Clermont Western Suburbs. Showdown at Leaderville <laughs> Oval with better conditions forecast for that first semifinal. It's going to be a bright, sunny day out there at Leaderville. Hopefully a great turnout and some very good football between two sides that are star-studded. You can't trust the weathermen, Paul, you know. Well, especially in winter or spring. Come on. It still feels like winter, even though we're in spring. It does. Although the last day of spring was an absolute cracker. Uh, let's <laughs> see. I really hope it stays clear. Like I said, want to see good skills. Both these teams uh, have those players in abundance that can use the ball, you know, really well. So um, exciting game again. I don't think, well, I absolutely don't shy away from saying I did not expect to see Claremont in week two of the finals. Nor so, me. You're not alone. Um, I will say I don't expect to see them in week three, but now I have much more. I'm almost even more confused than I have been in the last six weeks. You know, they lost four in a row. Then they won two they should have. I was still a bit confused. And then now, then when they went and knocked off East Perth, holy heck. Yeah. Like, that was so, so impressive. And uh, I that, that's... Sort of how you beat Subi is that that hard, cold face contested footy, and, and that's it, why I'm going with Claremont. 
Wow. I'm going with Claremont. Okay. I'm going with Claremont to win. There you go. Well, we're at loggerheads once again this week because I'm going with Subi. Wee. I'm not ready to trust Claremont. No. Ooh. No. They've, they've breached their trust. Oh. <laughs> they've breached their trust and uh, I'll be going with Subi, but I can now see what, what Claremont, you know, we, know, we knew what they had. We know what they have. And if they can bring a performance like East Perth, then they'll take it right up to Subi. But... Uh, I feel Zach Clark was down a little bit last week. I think some of their mids were as well. Yes. So I would be really surprised to see that happen twice in a at, row. At least nine or ten of those keys were down on form in the second half. They started so well against Peel Thunder on that yeah. Saturday in that qualifying final. Claremont, they'll have their key in ruck, Oliver Eastland. He's got a big task at hand against Zach Clark in the ruck. I reckon that's going to be the battle that will win this one. He's been good this year, Ollie Eastland. Fantastic. So, uh, he, they'll certainly be putting it on him. And letting him know how important he is in this um, semi-final to, to take it up to to the Lions. But um, I I just can't see them being down two weeks in a row, particularly with a, a poor second half, what they will see as a poor second half. Yeah. Um, that will really, really frustrate Subiaco. So, um, you know, it's again, comes down to the mental side of the game. And, and they will, as long as they've got that right this week, I reckon... They'll be uh, really raring to go in this one. What a cracking semi-final it's going to be. No second chances for Subi and Claremont. The winner will go on to play in the preliminary final on the 17th of September against the loser of the second semi-final. Now, we're not too far away from wrapping up, but we'll quickly go through the Colts and Reserves results. In Colts, first of all, Subiaco knocked out West Perth 12-981-7244. And then Claremont got through to the second semi-final with a good win over East from Adelaide, ending their winning streak of 10 in a row by 13 points, 8-7-6-6. In the Reserves, Swan Districts, too good for Subiaco. They'll meet West Perth in the second semi-final on Saturday with, uh, well, on Sunday rather, with a uh, 9-10-64 to 5-11-41 win over Subiaco. And then on the Sunday last week, East Fremantle, too good for Claremont in the reserves elimination final. 11-10-76 to 10-3-63. Great competitions, not just in the league, but in the reserves and the Colts. Cracking season. We're looking to uh, looking forward to seeing uh, at the end. Yeah, I saw a, uh, a couple of Colts games this year and um, particularly Claremont, they've, I think they're, yeah, they've got the, the great Southern boys, so mm. I, I lived down there briefly, and um, some really talented footballers getting around. I, I saw a game with uh, with Perth as well, so um, awesome competition, and and that was reasonably close with our top four as well. So um, yeah, you know, looking forward to seeing what happens in the Colts and, uh, and and the twos as well. Now, just a reminder, of course, those finals, the elimination, the first semi final at Fremantle Oval for the Colts, East Frio Subiaco, and then the second semi final on Sunday at Leaderville Oval, Perth take on Claremont, and in the reserves, Subiaco play East Fremantle in the first semi final at Frio Oval, and then Sunday at Leaderville Oval in the reserves, West Perth take on Swan Districts in the second semi final. Forey, thanks very much for your time, mate. Looking forward to another huge uh, episode next week. Likewise, Paul, been a pleasure, and uh, looking forward to week two of finals. We're looking forward to your company as well, listeners and viewers, for another edition of Around the Waffle, of course. Episodes dropping on Wednesdays throughout the month of September until our season finale on September the 27th, where we'll review the grand final and look at the fortunes of all the teams this season. Thanks very much for your company. We look forward to your uh, listenership and your viewership next Wednesday when we review the semifinals and look forward to the preliminary final here on Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the WAFL. We'll see you then. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.